Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SEP. As always, it's Dave Neal, Tasha Courtney, and our guest this week is Dan Postian. Hello there, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Welcome so, to the roof. Socially distanced on the roof. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can why hear do you I just feel, fine. Why do I feel like I can't hear myself? Hold on, am I too? Check, check, You're check. You're deaf. Dan, deaf. he always turns his own mic up louder than everyone else's. It's oh. like a, yeah. That's it's, a maverick it's a trick right there. It's not an ego so much as I my voice doesn't register. Like my, see, it sounds louder now. Wow. Anyway, folks. Thanks for joining us. We're socially distanced on the roof. It's uh, late November, and yet we're here in light layers, as you do in Southern California. Yeah. This is what you pay the Not extra bad. money for. Dan biked here from God knows where. He yeah, just rolls Hollywood, around Los town. Hollywood, Los area. Oh, nice. Biking these too streets bad. down here in your neighborhood is a little scary. It, honestly, biking anywhere in Los Angeles yeah. is pretty sketchy. It's it's more challenging. Like I remember the first time I rode a bike in LA, it was a lot harder than I realized. Because when you're driving, you think that all the streets are flat, and then you realize no, they're actually not flat, and and you're dodging cars the whole time. There's not really like yeah. good bike lanes on most roads, and you're inhaling all of this exhaust. And but at the end of your first bike ride, you're like, I know, you know, I I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore. No, you don't need you don't need it. That you, LA's got enough things that'll that'll bust your lip up. You don't need a pothole to the face. Uh, Tasha, you might you you're, we're gonna share some big news with Tasha. Uh, so uh, for the audience members, I won't say what game show we did because it, it won't air yet. So there's no point in saying it. But Dan, myself, and our friend Tom Whalen did a game show together, and. Uh, we did well on it. I think that we can say we did well on it. I can't say how well. But Tasha, we just got an email saying they want us back. Oh, I actually, I had a feeling this was going to happen. Because <laughs> Dave, Dave, despite signing an NDA, I'm sure it, it has a hard time containing his excitement. And so he was reenacting some of his bits, y'all's bits. Uh, and, and just how things went down. And I was like, so do you host this show now? I, you know, I, I had a feeling that they might want to bring you guys back for like a, a champions round or something. I mean, I'm not saying, not giving anything away, but it sounds like you guys had a good time on the show, that you won a lot of people over, including other contestants. Well, I wish I knew. So the contestants we went against were three lawyers. And I kind of wish we asked them where they went to school because it would be nice to be like, oh yeah, Columbia Law. We, you know, I don't, well, I, I won't yeah. say what happened, but let's just say, uh, let's just say we deposed of the um, the potential witnesses. I don't know if that makes any sense. But no, it does uh, not. did you think? Did you think we were going to have that Forrest Gump luck? Like, did you think we were going to be good at it? Well, I before you walked out the door, I told you there's. It, it's it, there's just as much of a chance of all of the question, like, or all of the not questions, but of you knowing the answers. You might just get lucky. And with the right attitude, I feel like there are so many people in the world who just have dumb luck, right? They believe that everything's gonna work out great, and so it does because the universe is what you manifest, right? Yeah. And so there's just as much of a chance of you getting softball questions, you know, and and, and, and knowing all the answers as there is of of you not. Or, so. or or also not necessarily softball, but we just knew the answers. Like there was there were there were times when when uh, it's almost like uh, like if I went skiing, I could fall down the mountain three times in a row. But you stick that landing when people are watching. Everything everyone thinks you're you know belong in the X game. 
games, and I think that's what we did. <laughs> but yeah. um, speaking of dumb luck, Tasha, I wanted to I wanted to start by talking about this because we do. You know, LA is the city of fake it till you make it. So many people that uh, are like uh, afraid to take leaps are just going to get passed by people with blind confidence. You. Uh, were a fine. I'm not saying this was dumb luck, but you were a it finalist was. on. No, tell, tell me this on uh, Top Chef. Is that what it's called? Master Chef. Master Chef. Yeah. And you had no previous cooking experience. No. <laughs> <laughs> dumb luck, right there. So tell us it that. How did, how did everybody off? Yeah. How did that all? How did that transpire? How many chefs are going to be spitting oh, in your food you know, at you restaurants? You moved to Los Angeles and you take an acting class, and they're like, "You got to create your own content." You know, like what you guys are doing right now. But this is way better than what I was creating. Okay. I created this monster called Simmer Down. And it was like Wayne's World in the kitchen. Every episode based on a movie. Then we cooked the food from the movie along with a hottie of the week. Okay. This wouldn't fly in 2020. Let's put that in there right now. <laughs> we had episodes like When Harry Met Salad, uh, The the Codfather, uh, Silence of the Hams. Ew. When Harry met salad was the best. Because every you... gentleman should know how to properly toss a salad. So so you were sharing sex advice or talking about sex while you were cooking food? It was, well, we were kind of playing characters, like these dumb bro broy characters, and they would just basically fight over the guests the entire time, her attention. And then there were confessionals and stuff, and... So how did how were you it was able all sketch comedy. How were you able to pass the other chefs? Like like how were you able to uh outdo these men with men and women with years of experience behind oh. in the in the kitchen? Dave, I pick things up quickly. You were know you what I mean? Like were you I did my homework. I studied, read a bunch of cookbooks. Everyone's like, There's no way you're gonna absorb that. <laughs> you're just reading cookbooks. I'm just reading cookbooks <laughs> all the time. Like like did you have to learn like what terms were? Like like Dude, it just kinda shit? it was kinda like a dumb luck thing. Like I walked in super confident and then I would just like spout things out that I had no idea. Cause like, you know, I my first episode where I won a top twenty spot, this was out of like eighty people, they were like, I added vodka to the beer batter and Gordon Ramsay was like Don, what does the vodka do? And I was like, it does something like denature the gluten. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and he was and like, obviously oh. obviously he didn't either. Christina Tozzi was like, oh my God, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> and then he came out and told all the other chefs that I was one of the most humble people that I had been in the Master Chef kitchen, which I proceeded to rub in everyone's face for the next three months. <laughs> so they, I'm yeah, humble. Well, because chefs are so brutal people. I mean, chefs really have an ego with what they do. You get in the way of a chef, I yeah. mean, they will they will just throw hot oil at you. I mean, really, it's a, it's a real environment out there. I was the punching bag, you know. Anytime they could put someone in timeout or the pressure test, people were picking me. It's so funny. It's I easy. Didn't, I didn't know any of this about you. I didn't know you were such a game show legend. Yeah, I guess that's where I got my cooking start, you know. It was either sink or swim. So that's so, so funny. I was like, I'm just going to read cookbooks. You got your cooking start by being on one of the world's biggest cooking competition shows. Yeah. People are like, Do you, did you learn how to cook from your mom? I'm like, my mom can't cook a Pop-Tart. <laughs> my mom is cooking challenge. Did you think you were going to just uh, like be bounced out the first episode or did you actually? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, told, I literally told my roommate, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to go trial for MasterChef for two weeks. Probably I might get on an episode or something. Who knows? Can you watch my Corgi? <laughs> with my corgi for three and a half months. They wow. bonded. So wait, where friend. did it film? Uh, Woodland Hills. But you weren't allowed to go home? They no. like keep you in lockdown yeah. so you can't read cookbooks? I wasn't even allowed cookbooks? to have a room key. Did what? You game shows are like, did you have internet? No. So you were just like bored at night? No phone. No, I, 
I, I roomed with this old party animal named Chef Wild Bill from San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and one night we found weed in like the denim jacket pocket of one of my jackets. And I've never seen anyone so fucking happy, Bill. <laughs> Freaked out. <laughs> he was so happy. So what dish did you lose on? I lost on, this is crazy because with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, you know, this got brought back up um, this year. <laughs> this sounds but what the happened? final episode, the whole, whole uh, game was you get to pick out your dream ingredients to cook Gordon your dream meal. And I've been studying a lot. Pick out all these things. And then the twist was, bam, now you got to switch baskets with someone. So I had the very attractive vegan mom from the Midwest, nothing in common with her, the fine dining DJ from Vegas, nothing in common with him, and then the black woman from Tennessee. I'm from North Carolina, and obviously she had the best basket. Yeah. So I picked her basket. Some girl on black Twitter, like in fucking June, was like, Saw that and was like typical white man stealing from a black woman, and then there was a gif of just me. But you didn't up come up with the you were challenge. In the, you were in the GIF? I was in a gif. It's like not like the challenge was basket. your idea. Like I'm no. sure you wanted to cook with your own ingredients, but, but yeah, when you're looking around at your options, I, maybe cooking with a, a vegan lady's basket would be cool well, vegan, vegan can be I tough butter and i leapt on it you <laughs> yeah know what I mean? take this from me because i make a lot of vegan you, stuff the whole sorry i haven't watched the show but like you have a panel of judges that taste your items right yeah okay so yeah butter is a. Uh, I just knew she would have ingredients i was familiar with so that and was I, enough I ran to my defense on twitter i was like tenoria you know that was not my decision <laughs> i picked your basket because you were the best and she was like, sorry, boo, you did what you did. Just threw me under the bus. She's got like 100,000 followers <laughs> on Twitter now. I got like 300. Tenoya? You, Tenoya threw you some shade? Is that Tenoria. T Tenoria. Yeah. Tenoria. Well, hey, look, I mean. Good for her, dude. Here's the good thing. For, I'm not even mad. I'm fucking happy for her. She's crushing her cooking. She's got a lot more subscribers. That's money for her. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I can be the punching bag. I was that on the show. Do you anyway. think they kept you around because, and again, these are your words, but you, you kind of play the douche. Did they keep you around for the um, they love douche for the drama? drama. That's, that's one of my jokes is. You know, I wasn't cast because I was good at cooking. You know, they cast me on pure douchebaggery. They're like, this guy can't cook, but he'll definitely say stupid shit on well, TV. Well, this is what I was afraid about for the show we just did. I was like, oh, we've been cast for sure to get run over by a bunch of lawyers. For <laughs> sure we were cast. I mean, Tasha, like yeah, I had a really I, good joke about consent. And oh, lawyers. I don't, that was really good. No, well, there was everyone in the video village was like, "Ooh!" But that's the thing. There's no audience, right? So all we have, so but you have but to know, like, you have to know you're playing to the video shark. village. Are they gonna pipe in laughter like they do on Dancing with the Stars, they like how they pipe in? Probably. Applause? Actually, I, I didn't think about it, but they probably will because they did have some audience. They were still playing like audience games with like five people. But yeah, there was like there were some moments where you know I was telling Tasha before, like Tom, our, our other guy, was like asking the other contestants questions that the host would normally ask. We just we just kind of took it and ran with it and no it one was like a train and no one really stopped us and we had fun and all that oh, but wow. um the audition was like a 30 minute just i mean that set could pa was another stand-up comic and she it, was like you guys are my favorite are you is your are your cans too high or is it my voice it's your voice so Dave. am i on number two here yeah and you keep turning me my down on the, number one the problem is is um is my cans must not be working so let me fix this right now Dave. because my cans
Can I get a little refill, man? Actually, that's all I have. You, I have some old-ass red wine and some old-ass white wine because I can only drink every few weeks. I um, Ooh, Good for you. Do you want red or white? I try to only drink every few hours. <laughs> um, yeah, no, sorry. I, I, uh, I literally brought the I'll last. I'll take a little white and keep the cubes, yeah, Florida this. style. All right, here we go. Um, Tosh, you want red? Sure. All right, so... um. We uh yeah sorry sorry, yeah. sorry uh, I guess if you guys think my audio sounds okay these I'll I'll manage it I got you it's, no 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 it's it's more so I think my cans that are off um what what number am I on three check 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 yeah, check yeah that's you're you. negative right check, now check, Dave check can you hear me all right uh you're on two as, oh I'm on two as long as Tasha can check 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 yeah yeah I, okay, I can hear better. you I can right. hear you oh okay I'll stay away yeah there fine. you go dance putting a jacket on it's gonna yeah it's that time of year in Southern California it goes from seventy to forty two. Um, so Tasha's, yeah, uh, you just pass the whole bottle over there, there you go. and um, Tasha's doing this nice cab sauvignon. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so uh, yeah, it's I mean it's all about just uh, sort sort of knowing your self your uh, self worth in a way, and knowing what your potential is. And it sounds like you you've uh, you've kind of bet on yourself. Now you come from a family of um, sort of an artsy family, correct? Your mom's a uh, your mom was a, um, uh, a a news anchor. Yeah, my mom was a news anchor. My father passed away when I was three, but he was also the cameraman, and that's how they met. So oh, wow. I have kind of a, in my blood, a little in front, a little behind the cam. That sounds adorable. That's so cute. Yeah. Th that's like some morning glory type of thing. He was like the coolest guy. He like worked on like old trucks, only wore leather jackets and like a beret, had a mustache. Well, let me ask you this. He was I, way cooler than me. I grew up. <laughs> I grew up with no father, so I I do think Hell a lot yeah. of people I'm attracted to, friend friendly wise, but I'm very attracted to you there, Dan the man, <laughs> is um are are guys that kind of come from the same roots. Like, what do you do? You have any lasting memories, or were you kind of uh do you have like sort of the story of being a uh, a no dad, you know, single mom's club? I'm just I mean, three is like right when you can start forming memories. I don't have any memories before, like, I have I have a, a, a shimmer of a memory from probably around four or five. And yeah. that's it. I, don't, I really don't have any proper memories before six years old. And you think they're memories, but really you just watched a home video when your mom was really drunk and crying one time. <laughs> <laughs> and you think it's a memory that actually you were there for. It's, yeah, it's always like a photo. You're like, I'll build a story on that photo. Yeah, your little good on. mind can only handle it. So well, much, what's you know? it? Um, did you feel uh, like, I mean, because it's hard for me. I mean, it'd be hard for me to even describe what it's like going out of the day because you, you don't know what you don't know. But I do find that I sort of like attract myself to guys that also kind of are trying to find their brotherhood, their fraternity. We were both in a fraternity. We were both so, so social chairs. I mean, we're really, we're both uh, Atlantic Ocean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, so like, uh, what is it? Were, were you looking uh, at the fraternity? Like, were, do you have any brothers? Or were you, were you searching for a, a father figure in your life? No, I was just really unpopular in high school. So I was like, oh man, I, we join an organization where you can buy your friends or whatever. Do you really think you were unpopular in high school? Uh, I mean, I was popular at other schools. What do you mean? Like you I never dated girls from my high school. Oh, you were everyone was a prep. When I went to school, I went to private school. And my mom, because she was an anchor woman, their salaries are okay, like middle class. But we were like not top middle. We couldn't afford private school. But 
She used her status as an anchor woman to get us a lot of things, including a scholarship to private school. Hell yeah. Lift tickets at Beach Mountain <laughs> every every winter. That was sweet. Well, well the, you're right that the, the in a, a local news anchor's brand recognition is a pretty powerful thing. I mean, it's almost like I'm you want to give... a couple times. Well, I would, I would imagine. What, uh, what news station was she at? Channel 9. Is that a... WSOC uh, covering the Carolinas, so north and south. Wow, Carolina. both Carolinas. So you were yeah. name-dropping your mom to get laid. That's basically what was happening. No. But you no. Were, but, but Little kids don't watch the news. But you said you got laid from it. No. <laughs> I got in trouble from it. You know, like, when me and my friends would, like, be at the mall and, like, play tag in public, people would recognize me because I look exactly like her. Really, and, they'd and then they'd go tell mom, your mom, and they'd be like, "Get your kid under control." So yeah, you had this. <laughs> then every time I got in trouble, like everyone was like, "Kim Bratton's son," blah blah. That blah. would suck. Yeah, like, it's like you have to be hold yourself to a higher standard because your mom is a public figure. You know what yeah. it's like? It's like the pastor's daughter. If you're a pastor's daughter and you made it, like, and you made it through life without getting addicted to like blowjobs and, and like cocaine you're doing okay because there there's like some sort of recoil that comes from everyone's treating you as if you're this perfect specimen and all you want to do is be like i can be a, a human badass myself i yeah. feel like there's a pendulum i don't know does that make sense tasha oh, yeah, absolutely you want to like break outside of the mold you want to be something different than the way everyone perceives you you want to be outside the box and I, I i have to say for my upbringing I didn't have any of those things. Just a single mom who, you know, was uh, a saleswoman. I never had like the really too much religious pressure. I could kind of like sneak under the radar and oh, kind of nice. figure out who I was. But so like, so you get to college. I had a lot of religion in the South. Did you did you did you grow up religious or no? Oh yeah, I mean, but every religious institution was like molesting kids. Like every single one. Yeah, it was nuts. Was I, your private school? Was it a Catholic school? Because my mom, when I was little, was like, "This was the coolest thing about having an anchor woman mom. She was so hyper aware of everything." You know, she was. She sat me down when I was little and was like, "If any older man tries to touch your penis, you call him a molester. You tell people about it. Make him feel bad." That's pretty. That's <laughs> progressive I'll never for the nineties. Camp. This kid. This counselor tried to like. He was like, "We were on a three day hike in the woods," and he was like, "Why don't you and Michael come up and play chess with me?" on in the uh, top of the cabin tonight and i was like what are you trying to molest us and he was like what, 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 what? <laughs> and i was like okay chester and we called him chester for the rest of camp i was like 12. but did, then, wait did you really have the uh-oh feeling or were you just ragging I on was this just dude? ragging on him oh, okay poor guy but he really <laughs> it was, was like, like, they, it was like the whole was... camp got busted for child molestation a year later really and it when i was at camp my mom she was a chaperone on an uh, eighth grade ski trip, and our youth pastor was flirting with all these girls in towels in the hallway, and my mom was like, that's not okay. And I was like, Mom, you don't know what you're talking about. He's Russ. He's our youth pastor. Dude gets busted by the FBI with, like, 300 pairs of girls' panties and, like, all these pictures and stuff. What and she sent me <laughs> the news article while I was at Camp Rockmont. And then that place got shut down. The but next that's year. wild. Yeah, your mom's a news anchor, so she like news anchors are they get all they're the bad in the news. Know. Yeah, For they're every, getting. Well, they're probably getting. She called it too, so she sent me the article. Like, told you so. Yeah. <laughs> Does your I, mom call you? She's like Daniel on on the six p.m. news. Does she have a newscaster voice when she talks to you? 
I've been on set with her before, and she's fallen into it. That's that's so funny, Natasha. You you did you grow up with any sort of like uh, talks from your family being like, hey, watch out, there's creeps out there. You know, I don't think so. I was actually thinking about this the other day because there was in the past few weeks this TikTok that went viral, and now the sound has gone viral. But it was basically like um, to the tune of "If you're happy and you know it," but here's the words: Don't be polite to men who creep you out. Don't be polite to men who creep you out. Don't be polite to men. It's not your job to comfort them. Don't be polite to men who creep you out. Oh, I love and it. it was like little girls patty caking to this song. And I thought, what a smart thing. Like yeah. when your kids are old enough, when they're in elementary school, that they're playing patty cake and little games and the cup song and whatever else. Teach your kids that fucking song. I think it's important that we teach kids, like, you don't have to be polite to dudes. You don't have, you know, if something yeah. feels wrong, you're allowed to trust your gut. You're allowed to, like, walk away, tell somebody, yell at somebody, and ask questions later, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's so, uh, getting. What's so interesting because we're, we're, we, we do have these, this intuition, this intuitary gland that's supposed to work, and we sort of just, have bulldozed past it in the last I don't know centuries where like we we don't almost know till hindsight like oh yeah that was a bad deal you know but like I mean as guys we don't I don't think uh, for for like if, if daughters if you have a daughter you want to be like hey women are way more targeted than men now it's not it's not like men don't get targeted or boys don't get targeted because youth always get targeted but women I mean you're you're walking around you know they already, don't mean a target way longer well they're already they're already like exactly and- even into adulthood I think it's less likely like certainly uh, young boys or adolescents like anybody who's not in a position of authority is at risk of being like sort of manipulated or railroaded it a little bit uh, but for women that lasts our whole life in the yeah. workplace you know you're always gonna there's gonna be men that sort of like tower over you or try to manipulate you and and not always men either sometimes women are jerks or whatever but i do think that I'm it's not like manipulated by women in los angeles it's one it's it's a thing like we don't we are so concerned with like being like polite <laughs> proper and polite society that we sort of like bury our feelings sometimes yeah, and we don't trust our instincts sure. yeah, but i guess the question is how do you how do you teach people how to act with like every, it's almost like everyone has to learn for themselves everyone has to get ripped off like i got ripped off once cost me a couple hundred bucks but that was like the class i took i was like all right i've been ripped off i, I kind of know what to expect now you know some people don't you know get ripped off till it's like the big one You're, and i'm not yeah. saying i'm not saying everyone should get um assaulted but like you kind of almost have to like if you i don't i don't know how it would work tash if we had teens or whatever like be a good parent so you can be there to catch them if they fall but also let them sort of see it for themselves because it's like you can't you have to like uh, awaken your own your own sort of uh, response I think it's inevitable that everybody makes mistakes or like it will be put in uncomfortable situations at some point or another but hopefully uh oh have i uh is it you is, is it, it me? me who is it it's not me go like this yeah, it's he's oh, got you. the bad wire. All right. Okay, we we're getting no, you're a radio. Good, you're good you're now. fine. Just uh, hold we had a radio base. station uh, <laughs> blasting in. Join the Patreon, folks. I gotta buy new <laughs> microphones. Jesus Christ. Uh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, that like everyone's going to be in a shitty situation at some point, but hopefully 
uh, we can prevent people from being in a really like tragic or really icky situation. Yeah, and I think you know most most creeps and perverts and and assaulters and things like that. They just kind of like they know they know who the weakest of the herd is, and they can groom that and and pounce on that. And the thing that's tough is is I think a lot of like atrocities get are, are occurred, and then they do the whole like straight white men are evil. And I've had to learn to just accept that that's what it's going to be called but i think you know as a population in they a, are and, pretty much well but yeah as a percentage but as a, yeah as, a, as, a, as one i can say that too well <laughs> so that's what i said on the game show because uh, we were going against these lawyers and they said the only thing worse than three straight white men are three lawyers so we were actually the more likable of the pack there but yeah no you have to you have to realize that um there's a lot of just uh i don't know there's a lot of just slime out there and all you can do is like kind of kind of like govern your group that you're with like i would never want to hear if if you treated some chick some horribly way you know like you you, you never want that and you hear it in the comedy community the comedy community is like a giant high school so you do hear of slime balls and yeah. and we're all associated with with like horrible people just because we all know this huge community but it's like just because you see someone at work doesn't mean you vouch for them or whatever but um you know it's you got to just you got to just like find a way to hold each other accountable but like you know you don't but opening the door to communication, I think, is like the real like home run here, because I don't know about you guys, but when uh, being a girl, when I was raised, politeness was of the utmost importance. Yeah. Like my parents were yeah. always coaching me to be polite. You're a promenade or anything like that. Do what? Uh, in North Carolina, you know, we'd go to manor school. Okay, like so finishing school. You learn which fork to use for like cotillion. Which, yeah, how to use your mm -hmm. napkin. Chew with your mouth. You learn how to ballroom dance. Uh huh. And for me, and most guys I went to school with, it was the first time we had contact with females as young kids. <laughs> We're like thirteen, and you're learning how to do the fox shot with like Melanie, who's the hottest. Oh, boner city. And you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna get her AIM later, and I'm gonna message her. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna. It was, it was it was like revolutionary, you know, and then. In eighth grade, the promenade and cotillion dances were so lit because everyone would steal their parents' liquor. <laughs> and we'd go to this ballroom dance, but we'd all be wasted. So we'd, like, be trying the moves, and they, they were... They were bad. I feel like Dan, great Dan lived uh, a season of Outer Banks. I feel like cotillions and are you, is that your area? I Outer love Banks. That show. That's a great show. Yeah, you should yeah. you should definitely be a dad on that show. You ready for that cotillion? Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of a men having this sort of like prep, social prep. Oh yeah, I mean debutantes were a huge thing in North Carolina as well. Like everyone would put their daughter up for sale. But you Walking know, this is sort of, it's sort of falling Crazy. out of fashion, at least from what I've heard, that it's becoming like less so. and less I mean, of a thing. It won't in the private school, rich families of Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Did you have any finishing Quail school? Hollow. No. But I, 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 I do think that our generation is making moves when it comes to like teaching our own kids. Uh, like a new way of thinking. I think a lot of parents are less focused on like being polite and more focused on consent, more focused on trusting your gut feeling. Like I know yeah. I've, I've heard about like parents teaching their little boys. Like if she doesn't want to hug, she doesn't want to hug. 
you know, like teaching kids as young as three, like what consent means. Yeah. It's like so cool that we are like normalizing it. Like it's a, it's a normal thing. You can't just chase somebody around on the playground and forcefully give them a hug or forcefully give them a kiss. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to blame all parents for, for their past because everyone works with the knowledge they have. But we were saying this the other night, how, how much, uh, uh, omnipotent authority parents had when you would question them and they would just say, because I said so. You know, like you could ask him like, a, because I said so. It's like, well, what, but why can't I? Because I said so. And it was Nothing like, made parents, me angrier yeah, made as a child. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and it, now, like knowing Tasha, I just would, I would love to see her as a kid. Just like, like but why do I have, to? because, yeah, but technically I read that that's not because I said so. Okay, all right, but I just thought the bar goes. And it's like, there's no, parents, I don't think ever, at least our generation, didn't do a good job of like teaching us critical thinking. Or like treating us with like, as if we were our own beings, right? We didn't really have any autonomy as children. I think that's a new thing that parents are doing, like asking their children their opinion, right? And taking it into yeah. consideration on a decision that's not something that's life-changing, obviously. Or like, if you don't want Aunt Bess to kiss you on the mouth with her big old drooly lips or whatever, yeah. you're allowed to say no. Aunt you know? herpes. Yeah, I, uh, 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 I think uh, uh, women have it bad. Like, uh, firstborn daughters have it bad because moms are super protective. And I think parents give the worst advice because they're going to give you the most conservative, safe advice possible. They're going to tell you the safest route to take. This, and I was talking to my mom about this because my brother Jack is starting to look at schools. He's in high school still. And she's like, well, I want him to do this. And I go, brother in high school? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. My mom, yeah. my mom had kids for in four decades, eighties, nineties, and uh, or three decades, Damn. or still does. Was the so last one planned or no? No, boy, <laughs> no. That, I was a senior in high school, and I found that she yeah, sat me down. I go, path. oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, no pullout game there. Um, hey, folks. Um, so, but I'm like, what do you have to like? Like, like as a parent, I feel like you got to look at your kid and be like, what does the, what do I have to tell this kid to stop doing at midnight because they're having so much fun? You know, is it science? Is it art? What are they doing that's keeping them up all day long that they love to do? What do they lose time over? That's what you want to encourage them to do with the rest of their life. Not like some safe thing or, oh, they say trade schools are important. It's like, you should go into accounting. <laughs> My yeah. mom's always like, Dan, I'll pay for grad school. Be a weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> you can still tell jokes. You should be. Well, I agree. Uh, you know what? The weathermen do get to be tell the best jokes. Man. You would be a really good weatherman. You need man. to be a funny dude or a chick with a huge ass. Those are weather people. That's all you can be. But yeah. what did you growing up? Now, obviously, you're having a mom who's a, a, a um, uh, an anchor is not necessarily traditional. Did you think you could do whatever you want? Was there any limitations set on you? As far as like what you wanted to pursue or your no limitations, there was also no supervision. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, fell into making bad decisions fairly at a young age. You know, what like drugs? Brother, we started smoking pot. Like he was like fourteen, I was fifteen, and I told you, Dave, the other day, we would go to Freedom Park, get high, come black, come back and play Castlevania on Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> and like the beginning is like it's like raining, it's like storming, it's like. Bow, 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 bow. And then, like, this violin would come in and, like, you know, that I think that's why I'm obsessed with sci-fi to this day. <laughs> you so, find yourself just watching the intro on loop. You forgot to hit start. You're just like, uh. No, seriously, it would happen. <laughs> you know, it was so fun. No, but do you think you were able to... Now, the co question is, obviously, you don't want, like, uh, as a parent, you don't want your kid to just, like, get a DUI and ruin their life and kill somebody. But at the same time, you want to you want to let them make mistakes so they can learn and they're not, like, sort of under this sort of rule. Did you feel yeah. like you were able to sort of self-regulate when you were getting out of control? 
No. <laughs> no. I wish I had more parenting. Uh, <laughs> it's I, such I a fine line. Till I was like 30. Really? You know, I didn't really get my shit together and figure out what I wanted to do. But that's okay if you don't know what you want to do. It's just another thing if you're like blowing through. I was spiraling a little bit. Like, did, did, did you hit a bottom? Or did you, or a, a low? Yeah. I mean, I just, I got to an age where it just wasn't sustainable. I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I couldn't stay out till five and then work brunch at 930. <laughs> I could do that at 26. Oh, yeah. And I'd be still great at brunch. You're given enough hangover calories. You, they don't replenish. So, like, for me in my 20s, in New York City in my 20s, are you kidding me? You show up to set, you just throw some water on your face, have a have a, a stiff espresso and get through the day. And in today's world, I, I had an apple pie and woke up with, like, pain in my knees. Yeah. I can't recover after sugar. I had pie last night. I made pie. <laughs> you hanging I, in there? I had some today, and then an hour later, I was like, I'm feeling that pie. <laughs> <laughs> so you did you get, did, were you able to get, uh, in college, in the fraternity, were you able to get some of that structure? Because there is a lot of structure within a fraternity as far as a rule system. I mean, you can be, you can be voted out if you mess around too much. You can yeah. be expelled. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot of bad habits in the fraternity uh, and good ones as well. But, you know, I learned how to be a functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Learn how to sell drugs. Um, you had a good scale. How to, just, yeah, yeah. How to throw great parties. I I was unanimously elected social chair because my 21st birthday was the biggest party my fraternity had seen in like five years. What what goes into? And they were like, it, the seniors were like, if you guys don't elect Dan, social chair. You're well, first of all, so how dumb. how old are you that you're 21 and you're not a senior? Did you go to college late? I, feel like I was already old for my grade. Okay. All right. All right. So, yeah, you turned 21 your I junior. I also took a year off of college. Got you. All right. Now, now this so, is adding up here. Yeah, that was a lot of things. What goes there. into a fraternity? Because I always wondered this because the New England fraternity, New England Greek life has been under sort of a microscope for a long time. So, we had to be very careful. You couldn't buy kegs. They would, because you had to trace a keg. You had to know what the serial number of a keg was. Damn. Everything had to be bought as like 30 racks. Uh, no, be, everything, everyone had to have their beer in a solo cup. That way if a cop, because one time a cop walked in, saw, you know, a hundred people having solo cups and they could like deny that they saw that there was beer there. So all these loopholes. And I had like, you know, if you're in Europe, you're having a beer at 16, you're kicking yeah. back by the, no, it was still the River. Wild, Wild West in, in Chapel Hill. I was going to say for sure there. Yeah. I mean like you what would openly do cocaine. Yeah. And then like, you know. That stopped happening around my senior <laughs> year. And then I went to L.A. and it was like, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> what what else was going on in the in these in the uh, fraternity scene as far as parties go? We, we, we just open. I mean, oh, we're, we're, I mean, it was just it was probably like the most fun. I talked with Andy Jones, my roommate. Uh, he was in the fraternity next to me, but he was there six years before me. But like there were just so many parties every night. And then I was also friends with a lot of people who weren't in fraternities. Just like when I was in private school, my main friends were at public school. So I would go to those. There was just something to do every single night. Do you think that you're... Because in, in college, I didn't really have any girlfriends. I was just kind of... And, and, and that was fine. I was busy. I had my own thing going on. Um, did, were you, did you have any sustainable relationships? Or was it kind of just uh, I footloose? I never once was like, we can be a thing. 
I had so many loose relationships. Were, were they? T- it was seventy percent women at Chapel Hill. Wow. Uh, at the school there, and then if you're in a fraternity, it's seven seventeen percent Greek, and most of that sororities. It was probably five like percent of dudes in fraternities, and just having a huge cool house to party at puts you at the top of the list. Yeah, I mean when you when it comes down to it, as but far also as also the bottom in some women's eyes. You know? Well, yeah, I I know what that yeah, well, it was the same way where people would look down at you because you lived in a house full of guys, even though everyone else lived with housefuls of the guys, but yours had letters on them. So there there definitely is a stigma there. And my my whole defense was always to never defend fraternities and sororities, but you I just knew I just knew that things with labels get a bad rap. Uh, you know, the hockey team, the football team, the journalists are all partying and doing the same amount of coke and drugs as the fraternity. They're just different pockets. So it's easy for someone to say, oh, five accused of rape at Duke lacrosse. They'll, oh, they can latch on to lacrosse versus five random guys at Duke. It's There's just something yeah. you can package together. And, and Lacrosse is it, just a rapey sport in general. It, it, it is. They're good-looking dudes, and they're uh, they're getting laid, and they're you know there's there's crossfires there. I, the lacrosse guys I knew at UNC were complete degenerates. But same thing. And I was pretty bad, and these guys made me look good. <laughs> but that's how it was with a lot of sports because there there was um you know I've in, in fact I don't think I've gotten into trouble for saying this, but I everything comes down to power, energy. So people are attracted to different energy, whether it's your attraction, your profession, your money, your um your charm, your humor. So um when you're a, a an, an athlete, that's like the rawest energy that's like you're a star athlete we we're talking about johnny manzel yeah they got who, whatever they want johnny manzel was like called mr football was that his name mr football or mr whatever his name I was i have a dad he was you the know best he was, i don't he, know sports he was the best football player in college and he and he just flunked out of the nfl he was the mr money whatever anyway he was just like the uh you could walk in and just and everyone was gonna want his attention and because he was had this power i mean he was like a household name it was like he was like the lebron james of football i do recognize the name yeah so and uh you know so, but tim tebow the same way but he had he had was had the pr- protection of Jesus religion energy. yeah yeah so he was staying a virgin but you know you got like it's Such. Such a smart career move. Yeah, well, so these people, I mean, you're just in college, you're you're an adult, but you're also have this, uh, you know, you're partying and have this liability of people coming to your house to party. And it's like you're getting wasted. I mean, the liability is through the roof that you really do need like a good group of people to sort of look after each other and make sure that no one's getting too wasted. And what we had in our Greek system was a lot of the sororities were really good at, they would take care of like, if, if someone was like getting wasted, it was like gone, just get out. Just don't be, you know what I mean? If you're like, if you're like, yeah, there was that out. one girl that was just such a, power force that you just everyone just listened to her we had 20 or 20 or so abigailers to- oh yeah it's always an abigail <laughs> we had a whole a whole second floor of the bathrooms all got clogged up for like a month and they couldn't fix it and they found a nokia cell phone and it was like some girl from delta chi or, or delta whatever delta zeta uh delta chi is a fraternity either way and it was like like who's getting this drunk that they're just flushing their nokia down the toilet and don't remember oh, it that's so a it's light a light story. Yeah, it's uh there, there there's always like a hole in the wall the next day. There's um, a weave somewhere. Sunnels. Panties on the on the moose that's on the wall. There. I'll never forget last day of class. Was that like a huge thing at y'all school? It's called L Doc, and like every fraternity would do something crazy. You know, like a lot of people would get above ground pools for the day. <laughs> Just and for then, the day. <laughs> yeah, and then like you know. Because they were gonna break Tyler them. Hansbrough or whoever the big basketball star would like jump off the second floor into the pool and like <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget like obviously I wasn't going to class 
I'd get up on the roof early at like 10 a.m. with a cooler of beer and then just water balloons on refill from the pledges. And we would just throw water balloons at people. It was asinine, but it was so fun. Yeah, we didn't I'll have. Never forget we couldn't get my a, friend in the chest. <laughs> He's on the way to class. This motherfucker in another fraternity just soaks Sean's ass. <laughs> he has to show up to class dripping wet. What happened to you? That's what you're paying this for. Douchebag. We didn't have. We, nailed me from his roof. We had, and maybe it was a good thing. We Did had. You ever going to class, pussy? Yeah, we had. We had too many <laughs> uh, restrictions on us that you know we. Uh, you know, it was a cold New England school, so we couldn't get uh, away with too much. But it Tasha, was still the Wild you West. You, did you experience any Greek life? You weren't able to. You no. Think do you think your limbic system could have handled uh, a bunch of dudes chugging beers and chanting? No, I think I I got my taste of Greek life just on the weekends. You know, like going to friends' parties and like different schools, going to see friends from high school at their fraternities, like. I, I got a taste of it, but it wouldn't be something that I was that's, like interested in have in spending it. a lot of time. It wasn't worth the hazing I got. The hazing was so fucking bad. But I always I lost I, fifteen pounds, Dave. I'm already skinny. How did you from puking? Puking. See, we, now you 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 had the good and the bad. So you got the water balloons off the roof and the hazing. We didn't. Oh yeah, we you, had had a, to, you had to earn your spot. Yeah, no, we didn't. But that's the problem. This is Chinese the problem. water torture. Yeah, this is the problem when you get too many people together without like sort of um a dad there to be like, all right, simmer down. Is that you well, get the that one guy? Was the dad figure. Yeah, but then you get this one guy who's like gonna run everyone oh, to yeah, the, the ground. Oh yeah, the coke head was always like unhinged. And yeah, like, you're just like power hungry. Well, yeah. I mean, all the or horror. The alcohol hazing would kill. There were pledges that died every year when I was in Chapel Hill, but the fraternities have such old money and, and old guys supporting because the old people love coming to the frat houses to tailgate. Right. It gives them this feeling of nostalgia. Oh, I, was, I was in this club and now I yeah. get to be here. Yeah, they had the little there, the little college hats. It, yeah, they keep it going. It's a long history, and in in some and every school's different, and every every Greek life is different the way it's organized. And sometimes you know um, things spiral out of control, and then survival of the week, and then they know, get. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's true. Like the you weak know, ones drop out, or they just die. Or you know the thing is is uh it's you don't want to make headlines and that's one person messing up can can literally destroy the trajectory of dozens of people and um yeah anyway so yeah. um uh, so uh, now you've gone through this uh this uh, life of um non-committal have you had any like long-term relationships in your 20s i dated a girl in la on and off for a year okay and then i had a series of like four two month things just this is my first serious relationship i've been in in los angeles that i think i really like the girl so and let's I talk about i haven't it. really the other things were just convenient we both did comedy and like i would always get a ride and it just kind of fell into place yeah that's and the then, problem is your uh convenience and uh sort of uh work when you work with somebody or or like oh we're both together at the end of the night those things happen and you know you get them out of your system and how did you know that this one might have been more special she was not a comedian. That was a good step. She's step one, don't be funny. Uh, and yeah, she, but she's still an artist and she hasn't been in LA long, so she's not, she doesn't have that jaded, jaded. yet. <laughs> she hasn't jaded, all men are terrible yet. And was she worried that you were a fuck boy? Was she looking at you like, oh, this no, guy's going to no. waste my Compared time? Compared to the stories that I've heard from her about the other guy she's dated, I think I'm 
I'm pretty good on the <laughs> like you know I definitely used to be fuck boy, but uh you know I feel like I've leveled up a little bit now I'm just more like a a um, reform you could be a reformed fuck boy yeah right don't you think Tasha do you I'm think someone reformed. can be reformed yeah you know, I just I, I'm I don't have the stamina to be a fuck boy anymore you know it just takes a lot of going out and getting drunk and you know I like my yoga I like my reading science fiction I like my gardening. And I need a nice balance and it's just better to be in a relationship. Well, I look at it as like, it's almost like a, you know, it's a little bit, you know, fuck boy. It's like an oil slick. You need to burn it off a little bit. You need to kind of yeah. like you. Like when did you guys kind of settle down together? Would you say that you were, I, I wasn't, I for sure wasn't a fuck boy, but uh, I he was, was uh, definitely a fuck boy. I mean, at some <laughs> point kidding. in time I was, but not like. Um, social chairs off. <laughs> you got to check that I actually box. never really would get drunk when I was a social chair, but I also like to have good conversations. So I'd like to have Your like fraternity a. Uh, sounds very different. No, so no, no. You got no. drunk before. No, no, no. Like we'd have some beers, but I'd like to have like a rock star energy in a, in a few beers. And then, and then like, I wouldn't want to be to the point where I couldn't like formulate sentences. I always wanted to be like witty, I guess, you know, or at least coherent, I guess when you're running the party. Yeah. (laughs) Or just blacking out. (laughs) No, I wasn't. uh, I had a party, Dave. You're going to love this. Remember rock star or no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, for loco. Of course. It had the caffeine in it. I got wind that Four Loco was going to stop making the kind with caffeine because it made people black out so easily. And die. So we, as a fraternity, we bought a bulk amount of Four Loco. (laughs) I waited six months and had a prohibition party. (laughs) I don't remember any of it. Four Loco (laughs) is worse. I'm pretty sure I peed in someone's bed, though. It's worse than they say. I mean, they had to literally recall it and burn it. They literally had to burn it all off because it was all, the alcohol was so strong they had to like burn it in like, in like a facility to get rid of it. That's what Four Loco, I mean, they still make it, but it's not what it, I mean, I had it one time and I was like, I would have, I would have ran through a brick wall on that it was intense it was the it would have like warana which is like they had, it had like these stimulants in it that were like really yeah so you they like make up. your heart race yeah you feel like you're up and you're like i can drink more but really you're already wasted yeah you're done well you're mixing an upper and a downer which is never a good combination and you're borrowing uh, energy from the next three days like, that's a great combination so do you think tasha i mean do you think um you do, do you think when you met me i was I was like uh, who I am now, or do you think you kind of like uh, settled me down? He's, you've mellowed him out. Uh, Put the I, leash and collar on Dave. Because we have no, been together for so like, long now. I don't feel like I mellowed you out. I think I leveled you up a little bit. I think Ooh, I like made wow, you like that. learn yeah, how to keep house <laughs> clean. You up. I definitely think you leveled up. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't know what you're not good at till you got a good girl. She will tell you what you are lacking. At. Does your girl tell you what you're not, not good at yet? Phase, yeah. no. You don't know that you don't know I that mean, you've got like two months. You don't know that you've got sharp toenails yet. You don't know oh, that no, you're. I keep my toenails very I nice and short I, and clean. This Tasha guy. Got mad Every at time my, I get out of the shower, I scrape them. She said my oil. nipple hair was too sharp the other day. Through my shirt. Yeah. It was like a freshly trimmed and poking straight through that cotton. It was not good. You kind of, <laughs> I, I do see the value in, you know, we do stand up, we, we perform, we try to make people laugh. We're, we're always trying to be like life of the party or whatever. There is some value in coming home and, and like you're riding, you're riding on some high and your chick's like, you got to walk the dog. I got to wake up early, set the coffee. The bed's not, you know, and you're like, okay, back to normal. All right, we're good. Just yeah. laughing. Is that right? Is that an accurate depiction? Five, no, six years. Do you think you guys would live, uh, could move in together soon? 
Absolutely not, Dave. You don't think so? I don't want to live with anyone. <laughs> I get back to us in we three months. We can have a sleepover once a week. What's the age difference? She's 24. I'm 31. Okay, so she's so pretty perfect. young. She's pretty young. Yeah, but... I mean, it all depends on her maturity level. soul, which energy. You know okay, I mean? yeah. And you guys do yoga together? That was our first date. And then when did you know you wanted to make make it a fish? Did you give her your pin as it were? Ooh. By the way, I do, I do like to mention, not to cut you off, that, that we do acknowledge the nice sunset. And we haven't done that yet. So just enjoy the sun has set behind Beautiful the palm here. trees. It is post-sunset here. Um, in East Hollywood, California, and continue, continue for me, my man. But yeah. thank you for joining us nice here on the roof. Nice purple smog behind the palm nice trees. Nice purple on the smog. So when did you know? When did you know? Like, all right, let's let's no, try to she, take. When she was totally down, to do all my basic bitch shit that I love doing. Here's what I like: I like going to the farmers market, and I get, I freak out over fresh produce and like good deals at the farmers markets. <laughs> the most Caucasian. Shit ever. Like a nice crisp kale, you're all excited. Oh, I get really excited about it. Do you bagels. massage it? Do you massage your uh, kale to make sure uh, it's? Uh... I like to put it in smoothies or I juice okay, it. Okay, all right. I mean, kale's just not good. So just... yeah, so you you like you like the fact that she's uh, down to do things that aren't just uh, out partying at night. Yeah, you know, I she likes hanging out at Barnes and Noble with me in the. Oh, I love section. a good Barnes and Noble. Oh, hey. Yeah, I love getting a good book. Going to so how did you did you ask her to be official? I did, did. did you have the, I did. The, it was the night of my show. The relationship. It was the night of my show, and we had been hooking up, and I just we had been to the farmers market and just had a great date, and I was, I, I knew, I was going to be introducing her to a lot of comedians and a lot of my friends that night, and I was like, I don't want to just introduce her as this girl I'm sleeping with, so I was like, can I introduce you as my girlfriend tonight? Because you know I, that's what I want, and I don't want to just skim around the semantics or drag it out yeah Yeah. it's important guys i think a lot of guys don't understand until like they're older in years how important it is to define the relationship and early because otherwise she's just gonna walk away the last girl i was well no last girl i was talking to we were hooking up since at the beginning of the lockdown and every time she brought it up i just was like, I don't really want to talk about this right now. But that should be a sign to you, right? It was a sign to her, and I was like, I really don't want to. I she knew I didn't want a relationship. Cause so you, so she, she was good enough to have sex with, but you didn't want to take her to the farmers market, or you didn't want it to uh, be yeah. the. Because that's the type of sometimes someone's good enough for the moment, but yeah. they're not. You don't see the future there. We had a lot in common. But it's she important. Was funny and a comedian, and we both skated. Oh, but it's important to be honest with each other if that's the way you feel. You know, like yeah. if you don't see it going anywhere, you need to let somebody know so I that did. they can decide for themselves whether or not they want to continue along I the was route. Not at the very beginning, before we had sex, we were about to. And I said, before we do this, with no protection, <laughs> I want you to know that I'm not looking for a relationship with you, but this feels right right now. Wait, were you and naked already? Like, Dick out. That's a convo. That's and, a convo uh, right she was there. Like that's fine. Yeah. Put it in. Well, I don't know if that counts contractually. If she's ready to receive the old Danny Dick, I don't know if that counts. It was kind of heat of the moment, but I, you know, I meant what I said. And I bet Dan's got a pretty dick. We're talking about this. My buddy Matt has a good dick. 
When a guy's got a good dick, if they have a good hairline, they got good dick. There's something there that connects the two. I don't know what it is. I'm not. My hair is nice, but I'm not calling <laughs> myself. I'm not trying to call them myself. But um, you know, there's plenty of times when you know where like you'll be dating someone and you tell them how you feel and they're still like cool with me and someone catches feels. They call it that happens. She did catch the feels? Yeah, they and, catch and the feels. Started trying to distance myself, and that's when I met. The girl I'm dating. Well, a very currently. interesting. And I tried to fade away. Just didn't work. Well, and then she freaked out. Well. Because Tasha was right. I didn't define it early. I said I didn't want a relationship. And then she tried to talk about it again. And I avoided the conversation. Yeah. Tasha needs an advice column for like bringing back old school advice. Because I, I think she was raised with real old Where school advice. Kentucky. Oh, sweet. Right, right near me. Yeah, when we, neighbors. We yeah. started dating, and I wasn't good at all with communicating um, about a relationship. I was good at like communicating to on the passionate side, like oh, like what I wanted. But I just and I'm just saying, saying this in hindsight. I don't know if you would agree, Tasha, or not. Like you don't know what goes on in my head. But like we started kind of dating, and I was like, cool, we're dating. And then to her, she was like, yeah, but you're not. We're not together until you ask me to be. And I was like, oh. Okay, and then I had to like yeah. no. Okay, now I gotta ask her. Yeah, and I had I, that great moment. I'm like t- I'm like 15 years be- Can behind. I call you my girlfriend tonight. Yeah, that's great. And was she hesitant? No, she said yes immediately, and I think she was happy because no one likes to get introduced as here's the girl I'm fucking right now. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? it's also like kind of impressive to see a guy take the lead in that way. A girl doesn't yeah. want to have to ask for that. She hasn't been in a relationship in five years. Yeah. Like, and, I was and by when that. you're running around Los Angeles with a bunch of fuck boys, like it's nice to see someone who like wants to step up and says, Hey, I, I want this to be uh, just us. Like, I don't yeah. want us to see anyone else. I want I, I want us to be together. Yeah. Fast. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna necessarily say this in defense of that because I'm I'm not um, I'm not that sensitive where I think Tush is accusing me of not taking the lead. But <laughs> I but <laughs> when when you don't have when you don't have a dad, I was I don't know if I was telling you this or someone else how like I had this high school I had a couple like things in high school where in hindsight a decade later I go oh that chick liked me. Oh, that's a weird thing to ask a guy to do. If you like, I didn't have a dad going, you need to kiss her. You need to put your arm around her. She's into you. I didn't have someone to like spell it out for me as a kid growing up. Facebook didn't exist. The internet was barely a thing. So like there is this sort of like, um, I mean, I don't know a better word than retardation, you know, of my how to communicate with a woman on a romantic level. Well, even people with dads don't necessarily get coaching. Oh, even girls yeah. with moms don't necessarily get coaching. I it's just something that you learn as you go along in life. And some you shouldn't have to learn it on your own. Like I didn't get the co- I didn't get the coaching, but I also didn't get like the toxic masculinity. I didn't get like a dad being like, "Man up, don't cry, cry in front of my mom, let it out, Dave." You know, like totally. I was a like I got I got the uh, the very feminine oh, upbringing. My mom's not like that. <laughs> she wasn't letting you she cry. Was like, stop crying. When was the last time you cried? I don't know. It's been a, a while. Question. You haven't cried. You better go home and watch a sad movie and let it all Bro, out tonight. I, I cried. It's good. Movie. It's good to like uh, I'll, I'll turn the water on, night. let the pipes run. Oh, run. I cried last <laughs> night watching Christmas in Mississippi. I think I cried during Frozen. I haven't seen Frozen. Whoa! You, you haven't cry cried that. since Frozen. 
You need to get you doing yoga. You're going to the farmers market. You need to. You need to cry. Is no a necessity for mental health. No, I think, I think you can be happy. Well, you can oh, be happy. I cry the more. Crying so, is awesome. I cry more so when I'm happy. Might debloat you a little bit, you know, to yeah, get just, the waterworks yeah. going and kind of yeah. rinse it out a little bit. You know, I spent my whole life not being a crier. My mom also was not like one of those like let it out. No, there was none of that in my family. I've had, like tears of joy. Yeah, but I think I like I reached adulthood and then I was like holding it in sucks. Like it's fun to let it's like nice. But am to I let not the biggest cheerleader when you're about to cry? I can spot Tasha about to cry like an earthquake's coming. You got four seconds. You look at her eyes. You go, "Are you?" Oh, here we go. And then I'm like, "Come on, it's okay. All right, I get it." I because I, for it's to me, single mom energy. Yeah, single mom energy. The quicker, the quicker you <laughs> let it out, maternal. the quicker the better you, you feel because you, you are going on. to need to go through the different cycles of you know whatever it is. You need to you sadness and anger and all these different things. And if you bottle it up you're just playing that slot you're playing that arcade game where you try to get the quarter you know and you stack the quarters until they all spill out you're yeah. just stacking your emotions until one day someone cuts you off in a light and you're like son of a fucking bitch and you, you know it's like if every day you can just hit the little um you know acupuncture on your emotions and just level it out you you will live a happier life and get less gray hair that's just yeah. my thing I'm i do meditate that, that's good so yeah. that is a form of yeah, absolutely. Letting loose, a but we've bit. all got an inner or like rage. processing your emotions. Processing, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. No, but I do definitely cry way more for happy reasons. I do think I need to start seeing a therapist at some point <laughs> just to process Can't, through. Cannot therapy be free? I have uh, wanted to get in with a therapist for so long, but just like healthcare is such a pain in the butt in the United States it's like really, that I have really to like annoying. call and get referrals and shop around and this is full of meth and crack opiate people and all they're trying to do is get drugs from my doctor and then I'm there and I'm like I, I, I'm like I'm thinking about seeing a therapist it's like all right well you gotta stay in this lobby with these crazy people for six hours <laughs> they just prescribe and you Xanax. might see the doctor yeah <laughs> well or look. like no we were talking about this I've been like using a massage tool on this one little section of my foot that like is rock hard and lumpy and hurts all the time and it's the same ankle that I like sprained two times both times I sprained my ankle two different places emergency room and a doctor's office they both were Used to give me an x-ray and now here i am years later like this is a huge problem and you guys wouldn't give me an x-ray because you just assumed it was a sprain and now i probably got crooked bones in here so yeah. your analogy is you want to x-ray your soul bones. you need to x-ray the soul i'm just saying like we should be able to like access the things that we need and it's therapy is so important. Therapy is so beneficial to everybody. Literally, everybody could benefit from therapy. Yeah. No, well, we should all be going, and it should be easy to go, and it should be affordable to go. What we learn, what we learn with, um, with not with not receiving the help that we need is we we kind of play the same video game level over and over. You keep seeing the same sort of mistakes, the same heartache, this and that. Is there until any, you have a breakthrough? Until you have a breakthrough, and then you find like the next level of problems, which is a little more of an enlightenment issue. And then mm -hmm. and then and then the, the the overall goal is to see an issue before you get to it and just figure a way around it, not not like pushing it down. But do you do you have any sort of like cyclical things that happen to you with whether it be with relationships or your own personal happiness that deters you? Definitely. I, alcohol has always been an issue and in my family, it's, we kind of have a history of alcoholism with my mom and my grandpa, her dad, 
my grandma passed away and then, you know, my father passed away when I was three, but I think he was, you know, there's just a lot of drinking in my family. Which is for sure can, can be genetic. Yeah. It can, mm-hmm. it can pass genetically, you know, you can either get it or not, but yes. Yeah, but people- my family doesn't think it's a big deal. Every time I'm anywhere with my family, there's always a ton of alcohol, even from a young age. I was like, especially drinking. if you're a functional was, alcoholic, yeah, it was minimalized, you know, it wasn't really. So last year I was like, you know what? Fuck drinking. I'm going to AA. I went to AA for two months. And then I you met banged a some lot chick at AA. I was going to say, you banged someone at AA. No, I didn't. Oh, maybe You're not one supposed person. to. It's against the rules, well, especially but, in the beginning. Well, no, when they're, you gotta, they're all fucking. Yeah, everyone's fucking at AA. But I just, I was hearing their problems and I was like, wow, I I have my shit together compared to a lot. Yeah. Of, a lot yeah. of, and I know you really shouldn't compare yourself to other people, but I was like, it's not really drinking. That is yeah, but just because you're, you're. Uh, shit mountain isn't as tall as someone else's shit mountain doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you shouldn't tackle yeah. right, exactly I wouldn't have I wouldn't having had casual drinks with you ever thought that you had a problem and I, I get really and I know that doesn't mean that I, it was me trying to fix other problems and blaming it on alcohol okay oh so like alcohol would be sort of your coping you, mechanism yeah like yeah. you it would be like well you know we got drunk and in not now but if you get if you kind of take alcohol out of the out of the equation have you seen other problems emerge like, like if it, here's once, why I wanted therapy because I've had these weird dreams for like, and he, and Dave was telling me you actually have some of these same dreams of like, just situations where like, <laughs> everything's going wrong, everyone's dying. I'm the only person still alive. Well, when, when <laughs> you were like, it's all I'm always on the verge of death. I, you but, should keep a dream journal. I I just I lack the motivation always to do it, but I feel like it's one of those things if you just force yourself to get into a habit, it could be really beneficial. But I have a notebook on my nightstand that's like dedicated for a dream journal right. because sometimes the dreams are just funny and like kind of cool and like so weird that I'm like I should write this down. Like if it's a normal traumatic dream which is like kind of the norm (laughs) then it's just like okay just another one of those but sometimes they're just like really wacky and i feel like it's it's fun to write them down on paper as fast as you can because obviously it's like sand through your fingertips it's like really hard to hold on to but uh i don't know i think they're interesting and there are books like there's a whole field dedicated to like uh deciphering dreams yeah. right that like images like imagery is symbolic right so if you have like oh you do bookshelf, yeah has it told you anything like do you have any any rudimentary idea of what i you're- mean i've looked things up in it before but i you know to me it's a little like astrology i'm like where are you basing this from yeah oh, you're, you're, so you're skeptic. how else i mean i can understand the ske- the skepticism but um there are certain types of dreams that are universal and i find this kind of hard to believe i don't know if you've ever had the teeth falling out dream oh, i was so just often. about to say so that often. i had okay. that last week so that's a very common it. dream and i have fake teeth i've gotten my teeth knocked out so but like why would so many people have this random ass teeth crumbling or teeth falling out dream have you, had, have you guys ever done dmt no, no. it is mind-blowing it's what your brain releases when you dream and when you die. Uh huh. So, do you have the similar things from your dream state with DMT? I had a, an experience with DMT where I accidentally took way too much, way too much DMT. I was with the screenwriter guy I live with, and he was dating a girl in the front house at the time, and 
we were back from the bars. We were all fucked up. And he's like, do you guys want to do DMT? And I had done it in college. And everyone kind of turned into like Beavis and Butthead, like two-dimensional characters. And I was like, that was fun. It lasted 10 minutes. Oh, it's really short. Yeah, last lasted okay. 10 minutes. It's like, and so, you know, he got it. And he got like foiled to freebase it. And he put it all down. He was about to light the bottom. And I was like, dude, this is something you need to split up. You need to portion this out because it's once you start tripping there's no it's not like i can light it for you you're you're gone you're you know and he was like no we're just gonna do the drugs and i was holding the straw he lit the bottom i got a whole gram at once and i was in front of my bed and time went into slow motion and i started falling onto the bed like slow like just so slow and i could see every detail in the room and then when i hit the bed I was flying through space, light speed stars coming at me. And I ended up at the rim of a galaxy or like a Milky Way type space. And there were these like spirit beings that were like, holy shit, look at this guy. This guy made it over here. Wow. Good job, guy. You know, and I, I felt this feeling of like acceptance. And the next day I watched this documentary called The Spirit Molecule on DMT. Everyone's had that same experience. Everyone has met these like, ancestral spirit gods and i you know i've told all this to andy that night right after it happened i was like oh my god i'm never gonna forget this and then i watched all these random people say it in this documentary and it freaked me out did it help you feel like a like a more uh, welcomed place in life like did well, it, it ensured to me that there is a collective consciousness to the planet and to, and to humans and you know it's all everything's interconnected and just the fact that people can do this drug, blast off so hard, and <laughs> end up communicating with these spirit gods. Well, I believe in the interconnectedness, and I also believe that once, when we, as humans, when we come to Earth, we're meant to be separate to like figure out our own shit, and 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 then and then like work our way back to enlightenment. Like we're all here to sort of. Um, you know, sort of figure out whatever our issue is that brought us to Earth. And then once we figure that out, we're done here. That's like, in uh, the whole reason that I bought that book that's on our bookshelf that somebody was kind of joking about when they saw it on your live stream so the other Sylvia day. Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown. Yeah, I read this. Uh, a lady had like three books. She was sitting next to me on a flight and I didn't have anything to read. I think my Kindle had died or something. Oh, that's awesome. And she was like, oh, here, read one of these. So I just picked it up and started. And, uh, Sylvia Brown oh, the universe right there. is a lady, right? Sylvia Brown is a lady who has or had a, a spirit guide named Francine. And she said that Francine said that we all choose. We pick where we want to go when we come to earth and coming to, you, you can go to other places. Coming to earth is a challenge. It's like considered a challenging level. If you think about it, like a video game, right? Uh. And, um, you can choose your own experience. You can pick your parents and you can choose like, am I going to have a little bit of an easier existence on this planet? Or am I going to have a little bit of a harder existence on the planet? So we chose and people Korea choose Town? because <laughs> the more, like if you have a harder experience, you learn more and you level up faster. Versus sure. having like, and the, so people choose Earth because even though it's challenging here, they choose it because they want to level up quickly. Um, what are the even, other planets like? 
no she idea. Know? Even if that's, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really read her books. Um, Even if it's fictitious, it's still a nice sort of like metaphor for why, for like giving yourself purpose. Like a lot of people that believe in religion have a purpose, whereas people that don't believe in religion sometimes might it's struggle like, to find yeah, that sense like, of purpose. Why be good? And I think the idea is well, even if you don't believe in religion on a spiritual level, the worst thing that you, if, if you believe that there's a greater uh, reason to be alive then even if it's not true, you'll still go through life with this optimism and like this sort of like leaning on the side of, of positive experience yeah, versus you'll still attract things to yourself. Yeah. And I heard, positive. and I heard that, um, um, I, I read something recently that, you know, mushrooms is also a good way to like reset yourself. If you, if you're like do this again stuck on mushrooms. in a, yeah, if you're stuck in, de- in depression, that mushrooms can be good. And I've never, I've never done Absolutely. mushrooms and I'd love to, really? I would love to like, um, open up my mind. I've only opened up my mind with, uh, with a hard coffee, a nice strong <laughs> coffee. And, but I've, I've been, Damn, my inner child has been so curious to pursue different like um laws of the universe self-actualizing laws of attraction and in in learning like positive frequencies and i tasha and i always talk about this as we're trying to get out of a very small way of life living in our our studio apartment how do we take what we believe in and what we're trying to share with others how do we take this like vibration and expand it to a level where we have a basset hound farm and a, and a saltwater pool oh. and things that everyone has the right to like Sounds abundance. Good. Everyone deserves abundance if, if you can welcome it into your life. And, and at, when you, when Tasha, when you talk about the earth being a challenging place, Los Angeles is a challenging place. Any city when you're, everything's stacked against you can be a challenging place. And it's like, you can make it in New York. You can make it anywhere. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> True that, like, if you can s- find a way to survive in a world where, like, you know, as comics, you can make it in LA, you can make it in New York. <laughs> it's like, what Absolutely. type of weird ass currency is making people laugh? I I did a gig. You've only had a couple this year, but I did a gig on Thursday, and they paid you know paid me fifty bucks. And it's like, you got to stop and appreciate when comedy, when something funny, when someone joins the Patreon.com slash the Sap, Patreon.com slash the Sap, when somebody pays us or donates money to us. Um, because of the creative, creative sort of uh, energy we provide them, it's a real, it, it, it's a real reminder that there is so much bigger out there than than just being an accountant. And it really does bring a sense of closeness, closeness and interconnectedness, like what you were talking about. That's been something that's you're right, so, uh, like so fascinating to me that it, to think that there is more, there is bigger, there is purpose that maybe we're not in tune to while we were on this planet no one has any idea but like even trees you know you know how the redwood trees are technically like all one they're like interconnected and in their root system yeah it's like it's wild redirect the water to a tree that needs it if one tree if, if the water if it rains in one part the literal root system will will feed the whole the whole system you know, badass. Yeah, yeah, trees are better at preventing poverty than humans are, for sure. Oh yeah, we're right. T- yeah, Los Angeles is. Did, did you lose your thought? No, I was just, I was just really like zoning out in the collective consciousness. Like, it, it's such a powerful, cool 
thing. We're all the same species. We're all dreaming about our teeth falling out. We're all <laughs> seeing our, our uh, ancestral Spirit spirits but this is, on the edge of the universe, and they all are rooting us on. <laughs> and that's a really cool thing. We're yeah. about to get high. So the <laughs> the deal is, though, when we uh, we try to transcribe a lot of thoughts we have to a lot of our listeners and friends that uh, you know our community here, is realizing that with loving energy, with positivity, with ambition, and with direction, you can accomplish as much as other savants or or Justin Bieber's or yeah, all these people. Yeah, you can go like, on a cooking show and make it to the finals with no experience. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real great fun way to wrap it up because that's exactly what I thought when you shared that story with me. When when we talk about growth mindset versus fixed mindset, is you want to call it dumb luck or stupid ambition or I mean, whatever? It's just the Unlimited in possibility makes it so powerful. Yeah, the fact that you believe in yourself, other people are like, "Oh, I trust them to do it too," because they're so confident in themselves. And you're not How afraid. Could they not be. You're not afraid to look stupid. You might look stupid. You know, we might have done that game show and looked really stupid, and we probably did look stupid, but we did okay. Well, and it that, like I said, there's just as much chance of things going right as there is of going and wrong. That's the, like oh. uh, believing that, like, oh, this could go really right. What? Wouldn't it be great if everything just all worked out? Where do we find that mantra? I, I have that no from, idea. That might have been from my Wayne Dyer book called Inf uh, called um, uh, Manifest Your Destiny. Wouldn't it? And Keep it could be wrong. And carry on. Keep calm and carry yeah. on. But that, and that's what they told so people during the war, weird. right? That was like a whole. I have that poster. But that was a whole, like, uh, br the, the British were, like, trying to keep people chill. But I like the idea of, like, like Tasha, like you said, that whole, um, wouldn't it be nice if everything just worked out? We're so built on doom and gloom. Everything that's sold to us is is, is fear-based, whether it's the news, whether it's do this or you'll break your, your thing, or do this or your jaw will weaken, do this or, or you'll and get And while a feet. bit of, like, skepticism or preparation can be, like, a healthy thing, right? Like, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Like, it's meant to protect us, but don't let it get in the way of like believing in infinite possibilities. Um, yeah. And the, um, the power of belief. And, I, and I'll say that grace and um, faith are two things we have to remember as a practice because it's one thing you, your faith isn't any good if you don't continuously restore it same with grace and i think that's what's tough in la and uh, tough with any competitive industry is just having faith that we're all doing the right thing and and also to remind people it's a tough year and just surviving is something to pat yourself on the back for this year we're all just trying to survive get through it and probably find out in hindsight we learned a lot from ourselves this year 2020 has been good to me uh we gotta wrap besides it up I was getting canceled by black twitter please besides getting canceled by black twitter anything else anything else positive you want to share before we uh, go before yeah, we freeze to death? quarantine i was just hanging out with two buds and then we had this good idea for a travel food show and then i got a budget together got a crew we filmed it in louisiana now we just signed a shopping agreement Oh, amazing. I saw the trailer. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah. Very well done. I showed it to Dave on a cell phone. It was okay. Wow. Um, it was good. It was really well done. Yeah. No, you it's guys well knocked done. it out of the park. And, you know, we, we might come up with a different title, but that's my dream is just to uh, get paid to travel and eat food. And <laughs> if I can make that happen, just because I, I believed in myself and. And I got the crew together and then... And took those actionable steps. Yeah. If there's yeah. ever an episode where you can pay Tasha to eat food and travel, I think she would like that a lot. Oh, I'm I so down. Tasha can eat more than you can think. Anything with noodles. <laughs> Sign me up for the noodles episode. Show. Oh, yeah. It's all based on stand-up and food. So, obviously, you guys would be great. And we, oh, we Tasha, yeah, she'll... Places uh, around the U.S. and just 
we we get food from actual people and not restaurants. Well, she can be your Kentucky liaison. She'll tell you what a good bourbon ball is and take you to um, a bourbon tour. Big sure, yeah. We do have a roadkill soup. Uh, can, that might be, yeah, that was either Tennessee or Kentucky. What's it's all it the called? same. Roadkill okay. soup. Roadkill soup. It's like Mergal or something. No, I have not. I don't know I've that. never heard of that. Tasha's Northern Kentucky near Cincinnati, so it's yours. You're more barbecue, right? Let's go for some Cincinnati chili. Oh, oh Tasha makes a good chili. Yeah, they put chocolate in the chili. Yeah, it's chocolate crazy, and cinnamon. It's a crazy mm-hmm. world. It's out like there. a Mold sweet day. and savory. All right, come, I, mm-hmm. come back on, and uh, we'll get more info on your relationship. And uh, I mean, I don't want to pry too much. We about, do this again in the winter. Uh, you bring chili. I bring chili. Ooh, oh, okay. We'll chili, chili cook-off yeah. contest. Chili, uh, chili, yeah. This is chili weather. We'll yeah. do a chili podcast. Uh, thanks again for doing it. We're in the, we're completely in the dark now, folks, if you're listening on the audio only. And if you want to check us out, go to the YouTube. It's on my account, Dave Neal, and you can uh, watch this episode in three camera. Since the pandemic, I've been trying really hard to like highly produce the video content, and it's grown and it showed. And actually, Dan and I have content coming out. Um, I'm not even going to mention it yet because it's not out, but get on the YouTube and subscribe, and we're going we're gonna to have some really fun stuff that we're editing right now to share people and you'll see us on the game show network soon hopefully sooner than later but thanks so much for coming on and anything else you want to promote your instagram or any other things you got Uh, going on follow me on instagram dan poshton add to my 300 followers on twitter the dan poshton and uh, I just want to say thank you to you guys for having me. This has been a great time. Thanks for yeah, being here. Thanks for so hanging fun. out on the roof. It's always a good chat when we go into the dark. My toes are cold now. Are you hanging in there, Tasha? I'm I'm frozen, but I'm, I'm thinking about chili. Don't you love the lighting of my mixer, though, when, when it gets dark? It looks pretty nice. nice. A little more maker's mark. A little, yeah, sorry. I didn't know no, we were going to... You got to bring the bottle up, babe. I did. It was only the last, oh. it was the last of the bottle. Anyway, Speaking next time... Problems yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next time, we're going to do chili and maker's mark. We got to get a sponsor. And uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was the set. Bye, everybody. Cool. You didn't promote my blog, Dave. Oh. Travels.com. We are travels.com. We are travels.com. We are travels.com. You can go on there and check out all my of master the list of Christmas movies. Master list of Christmas movies. If you're looking for a Christmas movie, you need Tasha's. We are to travels.com. And uh, if you are listening to this in the morning, Go check out my Instagram stories. You can vote. We're taking the top Christmas movies of all time from Sweet 16 to Elite 8 on our ultimate Christmas movies bracket. So I need your input. I need your vote. Don't let me down. I need my favorite movies to make the Elite 8. So, yeah, so get the- in there and vote. Uh, Sweet 16 to Elite 8 on the best Christmas yeah, movies of all time. Yeah, it literally couldn't be easier. You go, you go on um, on Tasha's Instagram, at Tasha Courtney, in the stories. You just vote one one click and um we're gonna we're gonna well it's eight clicks eight clicks and then if you want we made I'm a video voting. we also made a video I have some very strong opinions about this topic good you got to go vote because we we've got we've been i doing... have strong opinions too and i've got a couple of favorite movies losing right now yeah. so uh we've got some i new... don't want to swing the vote we but... uh tasha and i talked about all the new movies on netflix that we watch and there are some really good ones so go to the watch that on the youtube that's a whole playlist if you're looking for some good content and i and tasha's also going to be so you're you're making a um a uh i've got a, a thanksgiving a recipes for vegan and gluten-free options uh for side dishes for thanksgiving that's going up on the blog this week and also, my gift guide is coming out before Black Friday. Which so Dan's going to need, need because he's going to he, you're going to need to know what to get your lady. This is going to be a big yes, deal for you. I'm also starting a comedy and food blog. 
if you would you have any uh, recipes you'd like to contribute Definitely. to the vegan slash yeah. gluten free right. Thanksgiving? Eat, eat vegan all the time. Yeah, yeah. already. All right. Well, there you go. So maybe uh, Dan is going to be a guest contributor on my vegan and gluten-free Thanksgiving uh, recipes blog post. But yeah, anyway, be sure that you uh, check out the blog this week and check back for those uh, gift guide posts and recipes posts. That's it. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Hillary wants.